Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Football Feeding Frenzy. I am your host, Gary Davenport. Lots to cover. We are but just about 24 short hours away from the opening of the 2017 season, with the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to take on the Super Bowl champion New England Patriots. That means we're about 24 hours away from the dawn of another fantasy football season. There's news galore, big happenings. Had one today that's going to send some major ripples across the NFL that we'll get to in just a moment. First, I'm going to go to my esteemed co-host, David Oliveras, with this question. David, Odell Beckham did not practice today. Playing status looking a little iffy. On a scale of one to five, with one being not at all and five being supremely confident, how confident are you he'll take the field Sunday night against the Dallas Cowboys? I'm going to say 1.5, 1.5. I don't expect him to play at all. In places where I own Odell Beckham Jr., I am making other plans. Um, I think there's an uptick across the board. Sterling Shepard, uh, Brandon Marshall, um, Evan Ingram looking real good uh, going into that game. It's a decent matchup for, for all there, especially for the tight end, but we'll get more to that later. But, yeah, not touching them. And uh, it's that Sunday nighter, you know, Dallas and uh, the Giants, they always play on Sunday night, it feels like. So I'm avoiding him at all costs. Yeah, and you raise an excellent point there. With it being a Sunday night game, if you hold out for that last second start and it turns out he's sick, you could be looking at a goose egg. That's, that's not the only big news we have from the Sunday night game. Got some background noise. Is that you, Todd? Uh, I just stepped outside to uh, get some fresh air, but I'm going to go back in. <laughs> I am back inside now. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not like cars going by. <laughs> That's not the only big news we have from the Sunday night affair. Ezekiel Elliott running back Dallas Cowboys suspension upheld by the NFL. Six games. But since it took them so long to make the – ruling he will be eligible to play Sunday night against the Giants and possibly longer, depending upon how his court hearing goes. Should have a word on that Friday. Mr. Lasky, will Ezekiel Elliott be playing in week two? Uh, no, I expect the ruling to come down shortly after the game Sunday night. I'm guessing maybe next Tuesday, and I'm guessing that's when the suspension starts. I don't think the NFL is going to drag their feet on this. I think they're going to take fast action. They don't want a repeat of what happened with Tom Brady. They want to set their, uh, let's say, feet in stone and say, no more, we're not taking any more of this. You know, I honestly don't know what's going to happen. I know that there were a couple articles I read out of Dallas where some of the writers there said that the judge in the hearing for the temporary restraining order seemed sympathetic to a couple procedural issues that Elliott's camp raised, such as not making his accuser um, available for some sort of cross-examination or whatever you want to call it. So, I I mean, it's going to come down. I think we'll know 
Friday, more or less, one way or the other. If that judge says, I'm granting the temporary restraining order, then we could see Elliott play the entire season by the time this is all sorted out. If he comes out and says, no, then I don't really know what other recourse they would have. And at that point, you know, he'd more or less be suspended after the Giants game. Hard telling. I mean, I'd like to be able to tell people that the Elliott situation has somehow cleared up with the appeal process having taken its course so far as the NFL, but it really hasn't. We don't know any more than we did. We're gonna, Now we're waiting on the court. And even if he comes, I'm sure they're going to – the Cowboys are not going to just take this line down. They will examine every recourse they have available to them. They're going to pursue because – you know, if it was a team that was three and thirteen last year, it might be a different story. But they were thirteen and three. They've got aspirations of playing in Minnesota at the end of the year in Super Bowl Fifty Two, and you can't fall too far up the pace, or next thing you know, you're out of the playoffs altogether. Mister Olivares, here's another one to five confidence level. The matchup is delicious. The Le'Veon Bell hadn't been in camp, but about twenty five minutes. So how confident are you that he'll have a big game in week one against the Cleveland Browns? It's one to five. I'm going to give it a six. I'm extremely confident. I mean, he's, he's a seasoned veteran at this point. He's a pro. He's in great shape, according to all the reports. It doesn't sound like coach-speak reports either, but hey, it's Le'Veon Bell we're talking about, and it's the Browns, the second most generous uh, defense to opposing running backs, if I recall correctly. The matchup is just entirely too juicy, and he's your stud. You know, this is the guy you drafted. It, it stinks. They won't pay him. I, it makes me sick. I get it, you know, investing in a running back with injury history and, and the off-the-field issues and stuff like that, but, I mean, pay this guy. I mean, he's a surefire stud. He's the engine behind your offense, no disrespect to Big Ben, but, I mean, Le'Veon Bell makes that, that uh, offense go. So um, a million percent confident in Le'Veon Bell, as everyone should be. Now, I heard they offered him north of $12 million a season, and he turned it down wanted even more money. So, I mean, at some point, $12 million bucks is a yeah. lot for a running $12 million back. Bucks is a lot. These guys, they got shelf life, though. You know, as a running back, you only got so much run, and you got to maximize that. I get he might be getting a little greedy with it, but, um, you know, I, I don't blame him for wanting to fight for a little bit more. And um, it's, a, it's a tricky situation. I just wanted to get out there and play some football get back to what, what uh, you know, he's best at here and move on with the season and get going. I, I hope that he gets paid eventually or decides on some kind of a payment eventually, but we'll see. All I know is this week, I absolutely love him. He's going to eat, no disrespect, your Browns alive. Oh, none taken. I'm a realist. <laughs> I still I think there's a better I think there's a better than average chance that by the time all said and done that they'll get something done there. That's not the only as if. Potentially not having Ezekiel Elliott after this week, not having Odell Beckham this as if that wasn't enough. Oh no! Now Mother Nature herself is conspiring against fantasy owners with Hurricane Irma barreling down on the state of Florida and looking like it is going to be a very rough weekend in the Sunshine State. The National Football League has postponed this weekend's game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Miami Dolphins until I believe Week 11 which just so happened to be that both those teams were on a bye the same week, so it made it easy. I totally understand why the NFL did it. With the simultaneous bye week, it was easy enough to do. It's not good news for the Dolphins or the Buccaneers because now they have effectively a week one bye, and then they have to play 16 games in a row, which no NFL team wants to do that. 
and both the Buccaneers and Dolphins are teams with playoff aspirations this year. And it's certainly not great for fantasy owners because no Jay no Devontae Parker, no Jarvis Landry, no Mike Evans, no Jameis Winston. You know, a lot of guys that people were probably going to be starting this weekend who are now unavailable, which I guess leads us right into the sleeper of the week question I was going to ask each of you gentlemen. I will go to you first, Todd. You know, there's people with some holes and they line up. They need some help. Give them someone they can plug in this week. And, you know, I was hoping you are going to lead off with me on this question, and I know you guys are both going to think I got Homer-itis written all over me, but Sam Bradford is a very, very nice play this week at home against what we know and what we've always known is a terrible pass defense for the Northern Saints. I expect Sam Bradford to come out throwing quite a bit, not only to his wide receivers, but also to Kyle Rudolph, also to Dalvin Cook. Sam Bradford will have a very nice game this week. Plug him in and play him with confidence. I don't think you're crazy at all. I mentioned him in the Start Bench article this week at Fantasy Sharks. I've seen him mentioned a couple other places. Like you said, the Saints are – I mean, I know the Saints have allegedly done work to improve that defense, but I, I'll believe it when I see it. And I think they were sixth, fifth or sixth in fantasy points allowed last year in the quarterback position, in part because teams are going to throw a lot on the Saints out of necessity because you know the Saints are going to come out and score some points. So now I'm, I don't think Sam Bradford's crazy at all. I think he's a very serviceable – I have a league, an expert league, where I made the brilliant decision to draft Andrew Luck, and Sam Bradford's my backup. I'm rolling him out this week, and this week at least I feel pretty good about it. So you got for us, David. Fantasy owners are desperate. They're sobbing. They're crying into their favorite beverage. They need you to pull them out of the doldrums and help them get that week one win. You know, I'm going quarterback here as well, um, and I'm digging real deep on this one. I'm going with your Brown, uh, Deshaun Kaiser, um, getting the start this week. It's not a particularly juicy matchup on paper at home versus Pittsburgh, but there's a couple of things going for him here. It's going to be a beatdown. I mean, Pittsburgh should put up a ton of points on him. He's going to be out there running for his life, throwing the ball, going crazy. It's not going to be a pretty game. But those legs count. Those rushing yards, they definitely count. And and we're talking, you know, digging deep. If you got a deep league and you're just hurting at quarterback, you for some reason thought you were going to start Jay Cutler this week, or perhaps you have a uh, Jameis Winston plugging as your starter, which is a much more realistic scenario. Then Deshaun Kaiser is is a deep option that I'm willing to throw in there, especially in like DFS. You know, he's dirt cheap in in DFS this week. I think he's somewhere like 4,800. Uh, you know, just your bargain basement quarterback this week. So um, he's actually someone who I'm recommending, uh, you know, as that super cheap, deep quarterback um, in my DFS article coming out tomorrow. Um, kind of a dart throw, but there's not a lot of film for him. I could see him putting up some points, getting you a nice, you know, high 18, 20 kind of range, and he's dirt cheap. He's probably on the waiver wire right now. DFS, I was thinking about setting some money on fire and starting Brian Hoyer in a couple weeks this weekend because I'm a button for punishment. <laughs> but I, I can't argue that call. At running back, I would throw out Jonathan Stewart against the San Francisco 49ers. I know all the run this summer has gone to Christian McCaffrey. 
Stewart is still technically the starter. I think he's going to be the guy that's going to get the between the tackles work. And as bad as the Cleveland Browns were against the run last year, the San Francisco 49ers were that much worse. Now, I think they'll be better this year, if only because it would be impossible to be worse than what I think they gave up 169 yards a game last year on the ground. So, and that's once again, it's a guy that isn't, you know, it's not a guy that's going to be rolling out in a lot of leagues. Oh, wide receiver. You know, I have a feeling John Brown's going to catch a long touchdown pass. He's probably not even going to start. Jerron Brown's still listed as the number two wide receiver. But I have a feeling that John Brown could catch a long touchdown against the Detroit Lions. Conversely, I like Marvin Jones this week against the Arizona Cardinals. They were very generous to opposing fantasy wide receivers last year. And I think if the Detroit wideout gets the Patrick Peterson treatment, it would be more likely to be Golden Tate for more of the afternoon. So, and Marvin's, you know, it's early in the season. This is when Marvin shows up. He's September, he's the best thing in the NFL. And then October, November, December, he just takes the rest of the year off because, you know, he had a good month <laughs> with four good weeks. Yeah. Yeah, just like last year. Last year set on fire and then fell off, fell off the place, the oh, place yeah. of the earth. He had such a phenomenal start last year that even through like week eight, he was a top ten receiver. And then I think he either barely inside or barely or just outside the top thirty by the because of the second half milk carton. He did work out with Randy Moss this summer though in an effort to prevent that from happening again. So. I like, I've been talking up Marvin Jones a little bit this summer, so I'll get one last shot in before the season starts, and I'm proven wrong. I right, definitely like all those calls, Gary's. Uh, can I throw one more in there real quick? Adam Thalen Go up in it. Minnesota. We mentioned that we mentioned the juicy matchup uh, with the Saints coming to town there, and I feel like you know I'm just watching the trends here. Stephon Diggs is obviously getting a ton of love thrown his way. Dalvin Cook, but Thalen, you know, was very useful down the stretch last season. And I think he's kind of being slept on a little bit. You want that Monday night dart. Um, keep him, you know, keep him in mind. He's not a bad option here if you just lost uh, Devontae Parker for the week or something like that. That might be an easy guy to plug in and just spot start this week. You know, I don't know if I have a single share of Stephon Diggs over the 20-some-odd teams. I, I've got Thalen all over the place. Because you look at their numbers, especially the second half of last year, Thalen outperformed him, and I can get him, what, four or five rounds later? It's all about that value. Yeah, and I like I can't argue that call one little bit. Conversely, Todd, give me a guy that people are going to be plugging in this weekend that they shouldn't be. Well, you know, I've got a half a dozen guys that I've written down uh, based upon which way everybody else was going to be uh, going just so we had more room to talk about. I'm going to start off with what seems to be a very obvious choice with T.Y. Hilton, considering Andrew Luck is not playing. Uh, he's going up against the Rams. They're in L.A., and uh, he's going up against a pretty good quarterback. I just don't see that uh, Ty Hilton is going to get a lot of opportunities to catch the ball. Um, he will have some chances throughout the year, but I don't think this is his week. Mr. Oliveris. I'm going to get some boos on this one. I boo myself for this one because I don't want this to come true. Um, but I'm going to say Kareem Hunt tomorrow night is going to bust out. I hate to think of it, you know, and nothing's worse than having your guy go Thursday night and hang like five points out there, and you're sitting there looking at that all weekend, waiting for Sunday to come. But, um, 
you know, the Patriots are pretty solid. They're pretty solid against the run. Um, they're actually pretty solid against the pass, too. But eighth stingiest defense versus running backs last season, you know, I just see this, hand, this one getting out of hand a little bit uh, with the Patriots coming out just full bore, all the weapons they have out there just hanging points on them left and right. I don't think Kareem Hunt won't be useful tomorrow night, but he's not going to put up one of those big old Andy Reid-style running back big games like you might be hoping for, not this week anyway. So he's my bust of the week, and I hate to say it. Yeah, I can't argue with it. If there's one thing the Patriots are really good at, it's taking away what you do best. And the Kansas City yep. Chiefs are a running football team. They're going to make Alex Smith beat them with his arm. And especially a rookie back, yeah, Bill Belichick's going to have all kind of fun stuff scheme for him because he's been planning for this game for literally months. So throw a wide receiver out there. Alshon Jeffrey of Philadelphia Eagles, as if there was any doubt, the news is announced today that the Washington Redskins – Unlike the beginning of last year, are going to do what they should have done with Josh Norman the whole time, have him shadow Jeffrey. <clears throat> Let's not say I'd absolutely sit him. Depends on what your other options are. But I would temper expectations. And I kind of have a bad feeling about Michael Thomas of the Saints going up against the Vikings because he's going to get the same treatment out of Xavier Rhodes. Conversely, I like Ted Ginn this weekend with seed suspended. Ginn will get Trey much more burnable lanes. And Breeze is going to throw to whoever's open. So, so if you guys have those people in your lineups, remember, we told you not to, unless they blow up, in which case, you know, people are wrong sometimes. We're only human. <laughs> it's week one. Cut us some breaks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, let's <laughs> run down through the week one action and see if we can sort through some of the the best and the worst from a fantasy perspective, starting with the Kansas City Chiefs at the New England Patriots. Mr. Oliveris, if I have to start a Patriots running back, which one do I want it to be? Uh, um, yeah, you have to. I mean, if you have to start one, um, I got to say the popular choice is Gillisley. I'm still a Rex Burkhead guy, um, personally, just seeing the run that he got in, in the preseason. If I had to had to pick one, I would say Burkhead, but that's me personally. I prefer him over Gillisley. I've always preferred him all summer due to his value, but um, I could see really both those guys getting heavy run. They seem to be the ones that are going to grind this game into the ground once it's all said and done. I expect the Pats to be up big in this one. I'd shy away from Deion Lewis and, and James White in this particular contest. It doesn't strike me as that kind of game where they're going to be their most useful. So flip your coin on Gillisley or Burkhead or see which one you own. And, you know, if you're going to start one of the Pats, it's going to be one of those two guys. Mr. Lasky, we'll say PPR scoring over under 17 fantasy points for Tyreek Hill. Uh, I am going under. Uh, as we've talked about, New England's got a pretty good defense. Uh, lo and behold, very quietly, they were the top scoring, or the, the, they had the least amount of points scored against them last year in the NFL. Uh, most people would have said Denver or Seattle or something like that, but no, it was the New England Patriots. He's also going to be facing different coverage this year. He's a, now the number one, so he's going to be facing the number one cornerback. A lot of weeks he's going to find out it's a lot more different when you're going up against the number one cornerback than it is a number two or number three cornerback. Um, for those reasons, I don't think that he's going to meet up with that expected 17 points. I'm going under. You know, I think a lot of people are going to, as the season wears on, when it's time for their favorite fantasy receiver to roll up against the Patriots, 
want to second guess possibly, you know, going with a, a lesser option, at least on paper. Because, I mean, you would, Stephon Gilmore and Malcolm Butler is one of the better one-two duos in the National Football League, maybe the best. And what really sets them apart, and this is Tyreek Hill's going to have an awfully hard time getting behind that Patriots defense because Devin Cordy just doesn't let receivers get behind him. I mean, he's a very experienced, one of the best cover safeties in the National Football League. And I can't argue with you. I think it's going to be a rough night for Tyreek Hill. I think it's going to be a rough night for the Kansas City Chiefs. And it'll be a game that's over at halftime because if the Patriots are leading at halftime at home, the game is over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I David. completely agree there. Yes, sir. From the world champions to the – oh, this is the game of the week right here. New York Jets, <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Is there anyone on either team that you would consider starting sober except for Shady McCoy? Um, yeah, I'm going to say maybe Buffalo defense, maybe Buffalo defense. And that's, that's a maybe still, they're not, not particularly good. Um, but again, it's just betting on the matchup there. They're the most expensive defense in, uh, in DraftKings this week. So I'm not really trying to spend on them there, but if I had to pick anybody else to start, that's who it would be. And I'm not touching anything else to do with this game. I'm not even going to watch it. I'll, I'll maybe watch the film just to see Shady a little bit and know what I'm talking about, but that's it. All right. I'm going to get up on my soapbox. For, I'm going to get up on my soapbox for a little bit here, gentlemen. Uh, if you're in one of those leagues that drafted early and you do not allow transactions based upon after your draft and injuries still uh, occur, such as a Julian Edelman, such as a Cameron Meredith, shame on you. Now we also have a hurricane that's going to affect another starting wideout or two, based upon if you like Landry or Parker or Evans. If you had a roster that had any of those guys, plus Meredith or Julian Edelman, you could be really, really hurting and need some desperate help at wide receiver. I could see possibly Zay Jones getting a little bit of love. Um, because of the short passes that they're going to have to throw against that uh, Jet defense. Uh, he's going to take those three- and four-yard slants, but he would be the only other option I can see in this game. Yeah, I don't – I mean, if I was tore apart at running back, which if you're already tore apart at running back in week one, you've got bigger problems. Blau Powell might because I don't – I would have said I expect the Jets to be trailing in this game so the third down back will be on the field. But if Taylor doesn't play, then you've got the Nathan Peterman, Josh McCown quarterback battle of the century. So I don't – the game's going to be three to two. It's going to be a baseball score, except right now my Cleveland Indians are scoring more than that. So they would probably win the football game. <laughs> Something I always try to look at when I – when I'm looking at games to invest in, I always try to look at the at the line. And I mean, you got a you got a 41 point over under. That's not something offensively I want to invest in if I can avoid it at, at all costs. But again, a lot of us are, are hurting. You know, a lot of injuries happened here and there. Maybe you you know uh, you had Spencer Ware and you didn't have Kareem Hunt or something like that. So I can see the desperation plays that you guys laid out. But 41 points, there's just there's just not much there to be to be had, and it doesn't seem investable to me. <laughs> And if I was betting, it would be the under. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Mr. Lasky, Philadelphia Eagles at Washington Redskins. Kind of an intriguing game. A couple of teams that 
want to be considered as contenders in the NFC East doing battle right at the get-go. We've got quite a few fantasy-relevant wide receivers in that game. Rank them for me. Actually, it may come off as a surprise to you guys, but I think the number one wide receiver in this game is going to end up being Jameson Crowder. I can see him getting a lot of love in the middle of the field with some short, quick passes. He was outstanding last year playing out of the slot for the Redskins. I can see him having another very good year and just started off this week. I like him the most. I would then go with Pryor as his uh, right-hand man at number two. And then, like you said, you had uh, heard about Josh Norman covering Jeffrey. That's why I've got Jeffrey down at number three. So my pecking order would be Jameson Crowder, Pryor, and Alshon Jeffrey. And then several spots below that, Tori Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, I might have, Quick, I might have Nelson there. Aguilar ahead of him, even. Yeah, I will say Ronald Darby, the recently acquired cornerback of the Philadelphia Eagles, he can be had deep. He's susceptible to being beaten over the top. So that could pretend a big play for Pryor, but you don't necessarily want to go into a game counting on long touchdown passes. I'm simply saying that Darby, especially last year, his rookie year, not so much, but last year in Buffalo, had a tendency to maybe get caught looking back or something a little bit too much and let the receiver run past him. And Pryor is a guy who will run past you. David, are we buying or selling Rob Kelly this week? I'm not a Rob Kelly buyer to begin with. I kind of think he's just a guy. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely selling in this game and, and going forward. This game isn't a particularly good matchup. And I can see this one really getting aired out. You know, it's a definitely you know intriguing matchup coming in this weekend, one of the more intriguing matchups, I think, given the offenses that we have. We've got new weapons on both sides. You know, again, you got about – a 47 and a half point over under on this one. So we should see some points getting put up and I think it's going to be through the air. So I'm not, I'm not digging Rob in this one uh, or going forward. I'm selling, selling hard. Oh, please don't get suspended Ezekiel Elliott or else I'm going to be starting Rob Kelly for the first, for the next six weeks. I'm not exactly relevant. Nah. Another ex sneaky good game. And this really is a sneaky good game. Sunday afternoon, Nashville, Tennessee, Oakland Raiders, Tennessee Titans, a potential, I know it's awfully early in the year to say it, but a potential playoff preview because I think both these teams have a very legitimate chance of making it to the playoffs. Mr. Lasky, what should we expect from Marshawn Lynch in his first game back? You know, I'm very intrigued with this matchup as well. Like you said, you're talking two good teams, two playoff potential teams. Also, you've got some pretty good uh, offensive and defensive lines in this one. I think that's going to be a very physical, brutal matchup. Uh, I do think that this is going to be right up Marshawn Lynch's alley uh, with the physicality or brutality of it. I like him to start off well during the season with a nice game against the Tennessee Titans. Well, I'm sure that will, would please Raiders fans and Marshawn Lynch fans because he has quite a few fans of just the player a great deal. It's, that's going to be a – I can't wait. That That's a game that I would definitely – that's a bring-your-popcorn type of game with a couple of excellent quarterbacks. David, Marcus Mariota, Derek Carr, who you got? Tough call here. I'm going to take mm, – it's a real tough one here. I'm going to say – I'm going to say Carr, but it's, this is going to be – this is going to be the shootout. I mean, mark my words. 
I tweeted this out yesterday. This is going to be one of those games where the most uh, intersecting players on DFS winning lineups are going to come from. I mean, it's got a 51.5-point line right now. I haven't checked it today to see where it's at, but that was that last check. It's going to be a shootout. And, you know, I don't, I don't dislike Marshawn Lynch in this game, but the Titans' rush defense isn't exactly generous here. So I think, again, it's going to come through the air. Tight ends are going to be involved heavily. Those big wide receivers getting loose. So, um, you know, again, close one here. But uh, I like the shootout in this game. If you're investing in DFS, this is one you got to get some chips on the board for. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. But Logan Ryan is going to be earning that fat paycheck. Tennessee Titans gave him in his first game with the new team. And conversely, the Oakland defense, I know it's just preseason. I know you don't want to read too much into it. But we're talking about an Oakland defense that was essentially shredded by Jared Goff and the Los Angeles Rams. And if you get torn up by the Rams, then anything resembling a competent NFL offense is really going to mess you up. So I think they could have trouble stopping DeMarco Murray slash Derrick Henry, and that will just set up everything for that tennis. This could easily be one of those games where the team with the ball last wins the game. So I hope that that game is televised in your area and not Jets Bills. If it isn't, I don't make the TV schedule. And they really Sunday ticket is the only way to fly, folks, so you don't have to endure Jets Bills ever again. You can click, 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 click. <laughs> oh, now we're right back into the, the powerhouse division that is the AFC South. Jacksonville Jaguars, which anytime you mention the Jacksonville Jaguars, you're talking NFL excitement, folks. The Houston Texans. Oh, it's hard to say what's straight safe. David, Leonard Fournette or Lamar Miller? You know, I'm gonna go uh I'm gonna go Miller in this one. Um I don't particularly like Miller a lot, but we do know from last season he gets volume and he doesn't have a whole lot of competition for touches in that offense there. So I think the volume is there. Jacksonville is a little more generous versus running backs on defense here. And so that's the way I would go. I don't expect huge things out of them, but I could see, you know, 80 yards on 20 touches, banging in a touchdown. That's serviceable. I'll take that. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty tough sledding for both those backs. I mean, we know the Houston defense is very good. They were number one in total defense last year without Justin James Watt, who they get back on the field for this game, much to the chagrin of Blake Bortles, because when last we saw the Jaguars' offensive line, they ain't blocking, coach. And I, you look at that Jacksonville defense on paper, you would think that is not going to be an easy defense to move the ball on. And the yardage-wise, they weren't bad last year. It was points allowed where they got killed, and a lot of that was the defense being put in untenable positions by, once again, Blake Bortles, who kept throwing the ball to the other team. I would be inclined to agree with you this week, Miller over Fournette, but I will, I'd probably have them both in RB2. I don't expect a huge game unless by some freak of the gods of fantasy football shining on you, you get a couple short yardage touchdowns or something, which is always possible, but you don't want to bet the rent on it. Mr. Lasky, a couple of wide receivers coming off miserable seasons looking to redeem themselves. DeAndre Hopkins, Allen Robinson, who will start on the path to redemption more? Well, I have been hating on Allen Robinson for the second straight year. 
and I'm going to continue to hate on him, not so much based upon his playing, but it's been mentioned by you a couple minutes ago about the horrendous play of his quarterback and Blake Bortles. Uh, there was rumors that he could have actually been cut. There were rumors that he lost his job. Um, I think Blake Bortles is not going to have a lot of time to throw because of that front seven of Houston's. I think he's going to be under a lot of pressure, a lot of mistakes. He's not going to have time to find Allen Robinson. Uh, therefore, by process of elimination, I got to go nuke. You know, once again, though, on paper, I'm not saying that I don't agree with you, but on paper, those Jacksonville corners, A.J. Bouillet and Jalen Ramsey, I mean, they've got significant money invested there, so I would hope they're hoping for some return. I, I can't. It's Blake Bortles. I can't. There's no way I can disagree and take the side of Blake Bortles because then I would hate myself for the rest of the evening, so I don't want to do that. Arizona Cardinals, Detroit Lions, a game between – I don't know, we'll call them fringe playoff contenders. The Lions made the playoffs last year, but injuries are already taking a toll there. The Cardinals are trying to get back to where they were a couple of years ago. David, there's been a lot of hype in the offseason about Amir Abdullah. You buying or selling in week one? I'm selling week one for sure. Um, Arizona's got a stingy run defense, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, to couple that with the leaky pass defense, Detroit runs out there every week. I think it's a no-brainer sell. He could probably break out, you know, a couple of short passes, get some big yardage, but I'm not counting on it in this game. It's, it's going to be Detroit playing from behind a good bit. Theo Riddick's going to be involved a lot there. So he's not someone I'm investing in. If you own him in season-long leagues, you're probably starting him because you draft him as your RB2 most likely. But if I could avoid it, I absolutely would. I'm, I'm not touching Amir Abdullah this week. It is a rough matchup. Arizona did not give up a lot. Now, they're granted, they don't have Clay Campbell anymore. And they won't have Dayon Buchanan this week. Bruce Arian said today there's no chance he'll play, but still, that defense gets after it. If you're going to beat them, you're probably going to have to beat them through the air. Conversely, the Detroit Lions are very easy to throw on. So, Mr. Lasky, how much are we liking Carson Palmer in his first game of the 2017 campaign? I'm loving me some Carson Palmer this week. Not only does he have what appears to be a healthy, quote-unquote, for now, John Brown. He's also got Jerron Brown. He's got J.J. Nelson. Of course, he's got Larry Fitzgerald. He's got David Johnson out of the backfield. He has weapons all over the field. Carson Palmer's going to find those weapons open on a regular basis. Some of them will be short. Some of them will be long. But he's going to eat up quite a bit of that defense of that defense of the Detroit Lions. I expect Carson Palmer to have a very nice day. He was my other sleeper quarterback other than Sam Bradford. Uh, start him with confidence. That's all I can say. He's going to have a very nice afternoon. I agree 100%. Of all the quarterbacks drafted, say, outside the top 15 this year, for week one, if you're a guy who doesn't have Jameis Winston or Andrew Luck, you drafted him, done the mistaken impression that he might be good to go in week one, there probably isn't a guy I like more than Carson Palmer this week. I mean, it just sets up very well. The Lions were very kind to fantasy quarterbacks last year. They've got the weapons. Carson Palmer said his arm feels better than it has in years. Now, granted, what else is he going to say at this time of year? But, yeah, it's a good week. If you're wondering about your starter this week, then Carson Palmer 
I mean, I'm not saying start him over Aaron Rodgers, but there are some guys who were drafted significantly ahead of him this year that I would probably start Carson Palmer over this week. Oh, another – this game should be over at halftime. This game is already over and it hasn't started yet. <laughs> Atlanta Falcons at the Chicago Bears. David, is there anyone on the Bears not named Jordan Howard that you would go 10-foot pole territory with? Uh, maybe in a league. Jordan Howard. Uh, yeah, right. Um so here's what I'm looking at here. Not an ideal scenario. Again, more of a DFS play. If you can't tell, that's where my head's been for the last 24 hours, aside from hurricane prep. But um, so a couple things I, I look at here is is matchups, and again, looking at the line. You're looking at a 51 point over under. I expect Atlanta to have most of those points coming their way, but they're not very stout against the tight end. And if you're looking for a dirt cheap tight end, um, you know what about Zach Miller? He, he's not amazing, but he is running with the first team. He is the pass-catching tight end in Chicago. If you're absolutely desperate in a deep league, if you're looking for a cheap dart throw at tight end, kind of a forgotten position sometimes in DFS, you know, that might be worth a shot. The matchup is pretty solid there. You know, Falcons are right down there towards the bottom as some of the most generous or one of the most generous defenses against tight end last year. So I could I could see that being a pretty solid spot start right there with Zach Miller. Now Atlanta has upgraded their, um, their linebacking core again this year, so something to keep in mind, but – you know, you can throw worse darts, that's for sure. He's proven that he can be somewhat useful, but it's a it's a dart. Don't don't forget that. Well, let me ask you this, as he said selfishly. I have a deep dynasty where I have the Cameron Brate OJ Howard combo. Obviously they're not available to me this week. That leaves me with a choice between the aforementioned Zach Miller and CJ I keep spelling his name wrong, of the Houston Texans. Which one of those guys would you say? Oh, um, you know, that's a tough call there. I mean, Jacksonville has got some really solid linebackers. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of the matchup you look at against your tight end typically. Here's what we know. We know for a fact Chicago is going to be down. They're probably down already. They haven't even started, right? So you're throwing a dart anyway. I might, I might go Miller there. I might. It seems crazy to say given how Fedorowicz, I think that's how it's pronounced, um, you know, he had a pretty solid year last season, but – that was with Brock Osweiler mostly, and it's, um, it's a little bit different there these days. So, yeah, worth a shot there. Another one I'm, I'm thinking super deep tight end, Jesse James. You know, it's a good matchup against uh, against your Browns there, and I could see him scoring a touchdown or two there. But odds are good you probably got other investments in that game. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't blame you if you did it. You can flip a coin, though, and I think it would be okay there because it's really just kind of a, a crapshoot at that point. Yeah, I had a hunch that Jesse James – and it's just a hunch, but I, I'm right there with you. I have a hunch Jesse James gets a cheap three- or four-yard touchdown pass this weekend in Cleveland just because, you know, God hates the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Latsky, a battle of AFC North teams that where both are actually halfway decent. Another fringe playoff of teams that want to get off with 2017 off to the right start and kind of get back into the conversation among playoff contenders. Baltimore Ravens at Cincinnati Bengals. If you had to choose between Terrence West and or, because I assume in PPR if we throw Danny Woodhead in here, everyone would just say Woodhead. You can have either Terrence West or any of the Bengals running backs. Who's it going to be? Uh, you know, I was going to go Woodhead. You, you had to change up that just a little bit on me. 
Uh, I guess if I'm going to throw a dart at those because he's starting and he will probably get the goal line carries, even though I'm hearing that the Baltimore Ravens are vastly improved on on defense, they're both more stout and they're a lot more physical and they've got a lot of speed. I still think Jeremy Hill has a chance to cross the goal line once uh, via a short touchdown run. So I guess because of that, uh... yeah. Hello, do you hear me? Yeah. Uh, okay, just somebody said hello. Okay, I don't know if I was heard or not. I uh, I'm giving Jeremy Hill the slight edge because he may be getting the the goal line touches and. Even though Baltimore's defense is supposed to be vastly improved, both with speed and physicality, I still think the Bengals have a chance to uh, get close to the goal line and Jeremy Hill can punch one in. Well, we've already went through uh, quite a few of the you know alternative quarterback options this week since there are some guys who will not be available. <laughs> David, Andy Dalton, what are the odds he puts up decent numbers this weekend? Well, you know... I feel like every football season, those first couple of weeks of the year with bright and sunshiny out there, you just see Andy Dalton dropping bombs to A.J. Green. And, you know, when you're watching the highlights, um, I'm a red zone guy. I like the action. So um, I feel like I see that every time this, this time of year. But I don't think I'm going to see it this Sunday, um, mainly just because I'm looking at a 43-point over-under. It's one of the lowest lines of the week. You know, I'm not expecting a ton of points to, to come through here. I do think Cincinnati gets the win. But – He'll have a serviceable game, so if you're forced to start him or if you draft him as your starter, he's not going to disappoint you, but he's not going to wow you. He's not someone I'm rushing out to get into my lineups this week, but I'm not expecting big things or, or bad things, really. Just kind of a meh kind of weekend for Andy Dalton, so I'm selling on this particular one. Yeah, it's not at all unusual for those uh, Cincinnati-Baltimore games to bog down a little bit, unless it goes crazy and A.J. Green and Steve Smith start matching Dom's their receiving days. That's more exception than rule. I can't say that I argue. I'm sure my brother, the Bengals fan, will be watching that game intently and probably screaming at the television since, you know, baseball season's been over for Reds fans for, you know, since, what, middle of April? Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns, we already mentioned that Le'Veon Bell should be ready for a gonzo day. Mr. Lasky, is there any Cleveland wide receiver you would consider starting this week? Well, actually, you know, we mentioned that earlier in the show um, about Kaiser being a deep, deep sleeper. I actually drafted him in in a death match as my number three uh, quarterback. Uh, I actually think that there is a chance that, uh, and it may be garbage time, but for Coleman and or Britt to do some damage right now, I think – He's got a little bit better chemistry with Coleman, so I would give Coleman the edge. But I could see either Cleveland Brown uh, wide receiver possibly doing some damage in garbage time. No, so you're giving me garbage time to look forward to, Todd. I appreciate that. (laughs) So, (laughs) Speaking of garbage time, Indianapolis Colts at Los Angeles Rams. Who knew going into this game that Jared Goff was going to be the better of the two quarterbacks taking the field. You know, I feel like this question is going to answer itself with Scott Tolzien under center. But Todd, we'll get back to you for this one. Todd Gurley or Frank Gore? Does Todd Gurley redeem himself? I think he starts off on the right foot this week. Uh, I, I think they've got uh, rejuvenated, uh, as it were, life 
because of the move and now a little bit of experience with Jared Goff. I, I think the uh, uh, speed on the outside of Sammy Watkins helps open up the defense a little bit. So Gurley is not facing so many eight men in a box type of lines. So I think Gurley's got the better chance to do some damage this weekend, Frank Gore, even though it looks like a uh, possible MVP candidate, Aaron Donald, may not be playing. They're saying they're waiting for him. They hope he returns, but as of yet, he is not there. I still give Gurley the edge. Yeah, I agree with that one. I agree with that one. I got Gurley as, as kind of a – you know, kind of an under-the-radar play this weekend in DFS just because, uh, you know, he's coming around 6000 uh, at his budget, which is just below, like, you know, the, the heavy hitters, but it's above kind of the super sleeper guys. And uh, we know a couple of things here. Scott Tolzien is, is not he's not a competent NFL quarterback. Um, you know, it's just it just is what it is. I could see, you know, the Rams – I expect the Rams to win this one, and I can see them really wanting to showcase their back and, and you know, show them – show the world really that they can play some football here. I don't know if they can, but Todd Gurley sure can, and he's the best weapon they've got. So I, I bet they're going to feed him. You know, the, the Colts are ninth most generous against the run. Uh, last year they were anyway. And so I think he's going to get to run. I think he could score twice in this one. So I like Todd Gurley a lot in this matchup. Before we move on to the next game, we have a caller. Area code 646. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Bryce calling from Brooklyn. Hey, Bryce, how you doing? Hey, doing hey, well, Bryce, doing what well. can we do you for? So I had two fantasy league teams. I wanted to get your your um, perspective on and get your advice on. If that's Go okay. Ahead. All right. So here's yeah. my first team: Yahoo League, three wide, three starting wide receivers, um, standard league. I believe there's ten teams. Uh, okay, so my team is Ben Roethlisberger, Amari Cooper, Devontae Adams, Alshon Jeffrey, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, Zach Ertz is my tight end. Uh, bench is Joe Mixon, Emmanuel Sanders, Dante Moncrief, Mike Wallace, Jonathan Stewart. My kicker is Chris Boswell. And I've got two, two defenses, Jacksonville and Kansas City. I picked up Jacksonville because Kansas City's playing New England this week, so I'm going to start Jacksonville. A couple things jump out to me right away. Uh, you only mentioned Ben Roethlisberger, so you only have one quarterback? Yeah, I only went with the one because his bye week's not till week nine. I'm going to ride out with Ben, and then I'll pick someone up along the way if I need to drop one of these bench guys. Okay, well, Ben has proven in the past that he does not exactly travel very well, so I would be a little concerned about uh, Ben and all the road games that they're going to be facing during that time. So just a little heads up. That might be an issue for you. Uh, might want to see if you can get a quarterback on a cheap for those uh, road games because Ben is proven to be very different on the road than he is at home. Yeah, last year that was very true. Last year that was very true. Yeah, his home away splits were pretty ugly. What's your other team, sir? All right, so other team, NFL.com league, 10-person team, a 10-person league rather standard. Let's pull that team up. All right, so I've got – um, my starters, Kirk Cousins, LaShawn McCoy, T.J. Anderson, A.J. Green, Michael Thomas, Rob Gronkowski, Ty Montgomery, and then on the bench is Eli Manning, Mike Jalisi, Keenan Allen, Demarius Thomas, Tyler Eifert, Boswell's my kicker, and I've got the Steelers and Giants defense. That's tricky there. I think the only thing I could I could 
see being an issue there, and it's not really an issue because you can always play the matchups, right? But those defenses are suspect. I know the Giants could potentially surprise this year and, and play a little bit above what they're expected to do. For me personally, I like to get, you know, a really solid defense. Like like Kansas City is pretty darn solid um, with your other team there. I like to have that plug it, set it, forget it, don't question it, just start them no matter what kind of defense, unless you're playing the Patriots or something like that crazy. But other than that, I mean, it's hard to pick a hole in this. I'm really high on C.J. Anderson this year. I think he's going to have a huge game uh, come Monday night, so I like that pick a lot. But pretty solid teams all around here. i got no complaints other than that defense. Yeah, I noticed quite a few Steelers there. By chance, are you calling from Pittsburgh? No, I'm calling from Brooklyn. I am a diehard Steeler fan, though. Okay. <laughs> but the matchups, but but Boswell, um, Boswell's a really good kicker. I I think he's he's under the radar, but he's really good. And actually, you know, with with Joe Hayden, um, who I think is healthy and ready to go, I like the Steeler defense, particularly against Cleveland in the first week. Yeah, they're they're sneaky. They're not uh, they're not terrible, but they just feel like a liability. You know, something to watch. You know, no complaints about the team. But if I was going to uh, to pick a hole in it, and that's another ten team league. Is that right? Another ten team league. Same thing with the Giants last year. They finished pretty high defensively, and um, you know, their front four gets after people. That's why I picked them. I got to make sure I play hey, a ten teamer next year, man. I'm always playing twelve team, fourteen team, sixteen league, and and I hear these tens, and I'm like, dang, that team is. I want that team right there. So it sounds good to me, man. When the when the biggest criticism people are talking about is your backup quarterback or your team defenses, you know you did pretty well, man. You should be right in the thick of it this season. Yeah, that's good. To, yeah, that that's good to hear. One more question, guys. When you're drafting, do you? What's your main strategy? My main strategy. Do, do you always go? Okay, I'm gonna pick the best player at my need, or do you stick to your board? How do you do it? Most of the time, I'll let the draft come to me. Um, I, I've got confidence in how I rank my players, so I will let the draft come to me. I'll let the others make the mistake, and I'll be the one to pounce. Nice. All right, sir. Yep. Sounds great to me. Thanks for your help, fellas. Appreciate it. All right. Good luck in week one. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I'm just glad that I clicked on a collar and it wasn't some teenager screaming obscenities at me because that has been known to happen from time to time. <laughs> I don't, I don't have a producer to screen the calls for me because our budget is zero. So, but it pays well. All right, we probably go. what most people can probably what most people consider the game of the week: Seattle Seahawks at the Green Bay Packers. David, what should we make of the Seahawks ground game this week? So um, here's what I'm doing with the Seahawks ground game. If I own ProSites, I'm starting them. You know, uh, this one's got a line of 50. So, again, one of the highest points, uh, point spreads of the, of the week here. So it's uh, – or point totals of the week here. Um, I can't – Eddie Lacy looked terrible. He looked terrible this this uh, this preseason here. And, um, you know, I just don't have – I don't have a whole lot of confidence in the actual ground attack, but I like the passing attack coming out of the backfield – so ProSize is the guy, if I had to start one of them, that's, where I'm, that's the one I'm starting here. Uh, you know, Green Bay isn't a particularly uh, juicy matchup for running backs per se, but there's going to be a lot of points being scored here. And if I had to start one, I'd go ProSize in this one. Mr. Lasky, any chance we could have a Randall Cobb sighting this week? 
I've been saying so for the past couple of years, and you know what? I guess I might have to take that to the grave with me. But, yes, once again, I'm jumping on the Randall Cobb ship. Hopefully his injury history is behind him, and he can reestablish himself as a uh, very borderline one-two wide receiver and have another great year. Let's not forget that he also has some chances out of the backfield. I think he will have that again this year, uh, make it more versatile with both he and Ty Montgomery being able to split out wide or run out of the backfield. Yes, I am big on Cobbisher. I I wish I had him on more teams. I think he's in for a big year, barring injury, and that's, of course, the, the big if. Carolina Panthers, San Francisco 49ers. David, what do we make of Christian McCaffrey's debut? Absolutely love it. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better a better stage here um, in San Francisco Sunday afternoon. Um, just the juiciest matchup a running back could ever ask for. I think both running backs get a lot of run, as you mentioned earlier, Gary. Um, Jay Stu, you know, is going to get get the kind of heavy workload. I bet he gets the touchdowns, but I could see McCaffrey out there putting on a bit of a show here. Uh, they're both super cheap in DFS this week too. I think uh, McCaffrey's fifty four or fifty six hundred and. I think Jay Stu's 5,000, you know, flat out. So they're going to be owned pretty universally across the board given the matchup here. And I love them both. I mean, one of them is going to probably show out a little bit more than the other, but I bet they're going to be about the same as far as the point total. It just depends on how it shakes out with McCaffrey catching out of the backfield here. But juicy, juicy matchup. You can't ask for anything better than this. Todd, what kind of garbage time numbers can we possibly suspect out of Pierre Garcon, who actually looked at pretty good connection working with Hoyer in preseason? Yes, and that's why I've got him on, on a few of my teams. I'm starting him, even though he was drafted uh, a little bit later on, more for bench. I'm starting him this week because of that exact reason. I actually think Garcon could approach double digits and catches. I think he can go for over 100 yards, and I think he crosses the end zone. Yeah, that's a pretty good week. New York Giants, Dallas Cowboys, we've already mentioned uh, a few of the potential matchups and or injury issues in this game. David, you've got Eli Manning going up against the Dallas defense that's um, okay, I guess. Dak Prescott going up against the Giants defense that had their way with him twice last year. Dak or Eli? I like Eli. Um, despite Odell Beckham not being in the ball game, he's still got some good weapons there. And, um, you know, I really like um, – really like Evan Ingram in this matchup here. One of the best matchups on paper coming against Dallas like this. So that's kind of a sneaky non-star start for me too, to, not to jump ahead there. But it's um, if I had to pick between the two, I like Eli, especially, you know, um, with Ezekiel Elliott playing in this ball game here, getting down to that ground and pound that uh, was so successful for Dallas uh, last season. Dak's not going to be relied on too heavily in this ball game. So I like Eli of those two. Yeah, I didn't even realize just how badly Dak has struggled in those two games against New York last year until I was doing some work for a fantasy sleepers piece I'm doing later this week. A police report was crunching some numbers. And, yeah, Dak Prescott did not look good against the New York Giants last season. And uh, it's a very good defense, good opening night. Now, granted, one of those games was Dak's first start as a pro, so it probably gets a little bit of an asterisk next to it. But the second matchup, it's not like he really played any better, so it's a little asterisk. So I, I'm not going to argue. I would probably go with Eli Manning, and I also like Ingram, a significant 
amount this week. And it's not very often you hear fantasy guys talking about, hey, roll out a rookie tight end in his first ever start. That'll <laughs> yeah, end <right>. well. <laughs> but with Ingram, it might. Especially no, when they come out. They need, they need to stretch the field a little bit. And Ingram could be that guy for the team this week. Yeah, uh, he's our unanimous pick for our non-star starts because I had Ingram as well, and I also had Eli. So, yeah, uh, it's a uh, unanimous there, folks. Well, Todd, we already discussed Sam Bradford in the first of the Monday night doubleheader. With you being the Viking slappy, I will let you take this one. What's Adrian Peterson going to do against his old team? Uh, he was quoted the other day saying that he wants to stick it to the Vikings. Uh, that's a lot easier said than done because the Vikings do have a very formidable defense. Um, they did falter a little bit on the second half of last year, but I think that's more to do with game flow, and they were worn down and beaten a little bit. When they started the year at 5-0, and everybody was on top of the bandwagon saying, this is the team to beat in the NFC. Their defense is phenomenal. Even though it's against Drew Brees and that's high-scoring offense with the Saints, I think the love comes through the air and not through the ground. I don't see AP having a whole lot of success. Uh, I love the guy. I, I'm a huge fan of AP, but I don't think it happens on Monday night. I will say this. If Adrian Peterson has a big game against the New Orleans, against the Minnesota Vikings, excuse me, on Monday night, y'all better sell high. Sell, 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 sell right now because his value won't ever be higher than it's going to be after that one game. And I love Adrian Peter, but the reality is he's a 32-year-old running back who did not look good in a little bit of action he had last year. And might there be a big game here and there? Yes. But if you can get value back for him, and fantasy trades are all about buying low and selling high. It's like the stock market, only they won't let me play there because it takes money. <laughs> I don't have any. It's so unreasonable. I, just like, I want to be a corporate CEO. Well, I want to be a corporate CEO so I can get one of those golden parachutes because I'm telling you, you give me a Fortune 500 company and I could run it into the ground in two weeks. I won't have a lawyer like most of these guys. I will get the job done. And then you give me money and I'll go away. That's They do it for them. How come I can't get mine? Yeah, exactly. It's not fair. It's the last game of the week. Little AFC, little AFC West showdown in the Mile High City. The Denver Broncos, there's, there's a little trial and tribulation going on in Denver. The release of T.J. Ward over the weekend did not sit especially well with some of their veteran defenders, and that defense is the backbone of the team. Paxton Lynch is hurt. Brock Osweiler's back in town. It's madness at Mile High going up against the Los Angeles Chargers playing in a stadium that seats 11 people. So what's not to love? David, there's some big-name wide receivers in this game. Frank them for me. Um, if I have to start, I'm going to stay with uh, Demarius Thomas, just most talented football player on the field, you know, that catches passes there. Um, and then I'm going to say Emmanuel Sanders right behind him. Um, just because the matchup is, is better, you know, versus the Chargers. It's not a great matchup at all, but um, it's definitely a lot better than going against Denver's number one pass defense. So I uh, got to go with those two guys there. And then uh, the, the Chargers are a bit of a hodgepodge, uh, you know, across the way. Keenan Allen's back, happy for him. 
I'm trying to not get caught up in the Keenan Allen from years ago. And, uh, you know, I hope that he, he comes out and has a good game, but he'd have to be number three for me. Um, and then Tyrell Williams would be number four. And then after that, just, you know, start throwing darts. But I, I put the Denver Broncos receiving core right up at the top there in mile high. There's some really good cornerbacks playing that game, whether it's the no-fly zone to keep the lead in Chris Harris. You look across the field at what the Los Angeles Chargers have quietly assembled. If Jason Barrett can stay healthy, he's been to a Pro Bowl. Casey Hayward led the National Football League in interceptions last year. That could sneakily be a good game that no one is going to watch because it doesn't start until, what, 20 after 10 at night. I'll be watching, but I'm a degenerate. Um, I'll, I'll watch it. I, yeah, I have a I have a problem. I'm going to have to watch it. So, so I think we Mr. all have Lasky. problems. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Mr. Lasky, the last question of the week. I know David mentioned that he is very high on C.J. Anderson both this week and this season. You buying or selling him against the Chargers? Uh, I am buying him. Uh, again, you mentioned part of it because of the very good cornerbacks that uh, San Diego has. Uh, but they do also have some other talent on that field. I think Joey Bosa uh, and company can also play very good against the pass, which tends me to think that C.J. Anderson is utilized more in the run game. But he can also pass protect and then shoot off for a short little screen pass. I'm expecting that's where he can do a lot of his damage. Uh, so I'm actually uh, on the C.J. Anderson bandwagon this week. You go run the ball. My recommendation would be that you run at – Melvin Ingram, because Joey Bosa can set the edge. That's it for the week one preview of the fantasy football feeding frenzy. On behalf of my co-host, I would like to wish everyone all kinds of good fortune in week one. I hope you go out there and get a win. We'll be back next week to talk about what happened and what will happen in week two when we'll actually get all the teams, unless there's another hurricane, which I guess is a possibility. <laughs>